what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. For organizations looking to enhance their customer relationships, this is Stepping Up Service. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Stepping Up Service. I'm Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group, uh, and this is our podcast where we talk every month about the world of customer service, what it means for you as uh, people involved in a company and organization, dealing with customers and clients, and just ways we can all look at customer service and making sure we're providing the best service that we can to clients, customers, uh, partner organizations, whoever it may be. With me, as always, Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. Uh, Ed, how are you doing today? Doing great. How are you doing, Alan? Doing doing just fine. Ed Gagnon is with, as I said, Customer Service Solutions. You can find more about his company at cssamerica.com. Find out about the ever-changing world of uh, what's happening with customer service, both some training, consulting work, analysis, and strategy that can be developed. Uh, Ed, it's been a pleasure in 2012 working with you on this podcast, as now we're kicking off 2013, our first episode of the new year. Did you have a, a good holiday season, Good uh, good break there? Yeah. We had a great time. Uh, we did what we usually do, which is travel around, just driving around, seeing different relatives, going up near Winston-Salem, North Carolina to visit my family, going to Knoxville to visit my wife's family. And uh, it, it was nice. Uh, it wasn't uh, too hectic. So we, we had a great time. So I hope you did as well. I, I did. That always makes a big difference. I'm not a big fan of the hectic holiday season, but uh, this one this one went pretty smooth, pretty nice. I uh, appreciate it. And uh, of course, we're looking at a good, strong start to hopefully 2013, what we all hope will be a good year. As we're talking about that, Ed, and talking about the world of customer service, something we've always talked about and mentioned in our, our previous episodes is that you know even though the foundations of customer service more or less are the same principles that we've always tried to have, the world of business and the world of dealing with clients and customers and satisfying their needs has evolved over time and keeps changing. So yeah. as we're getting into 2013, what I was kind of curious and hoping we could talk about a little bit is where we see or what are some of the trends or things that we see happening in the world of customer service going into the new years, kind of a, getting a fresh perspective on some of the things we all will be taking, a, taking into account as we're dealing with our, our customers, our companies, our own processes internally for improving customer service. What are some of the trends that we're seeing as we go into 2013? Does that sound good to you? Yeah, that sounds great. And uh, pretty timely, like you say, right at the start of the year to start talking about trends in customer service. So uh, yeah, let's walk through a couple different trends that we're seeing happening, anticipating building uh, over the next 12 months. And, and maybe a good way to take a look at this is uh, I'm just going to share some information with you, ask you some questions, and, and talk about how these relate to the to the let's say four key trends in customer service for 2013. Oh, great! So we got four key trends we're going to look at for 2013. Good. I like number. I like numbered lists. You know me very well. So okay. Well, this won't be Letterman's top 10 list. We're not going to be building up necessarily, but uh-huh. we will be hitting the high points. That's for sure. Great. Okay. Good. Well, what's uh, then? What's the what's the first one you want to tackle here? Well, the first one you could generalize as, and we'll get more specific in a minute, as high tech requires high touch. And and one way I'd like us to start talking about this is uh, there's something that's called the American Customer Satisfaction Index that comes out every year. And basically, it's, it's an index of customer satisfaction based on 
multiple different metrics across many different industries. And, and then when this analysis is done, there's a breakdown in terms of the different components that, that make up customer satisfaction, one of which is customer service. And there were 15 companies that were identified with throughout the U.S. as being the worst at customer service. And wow. just based on your personal life, your personal dealings, what you hear out there and in the world of business, uh, Alan, what do you think are some of the industries that popped up in this list of the 15 worst companies for customer service? Oh, my gosh. The worst industries that could be popping yes. up in the list of uh, the worst customer service. Well, our, our typical whipping boy that we I think we have on our show here is I think we end up talking a lot about um, either cell phone or, or internet cable uh, communication type services. I, I don't know. I, that may be more Maybe. of a personal one for me, but is that on the list? Yeah, that's on the list. Oh, okay, good. Good. oh I hate the the fact that I'm getting excited about naming the worst <laughs> industries in customer service, but I guess we do have a knack for this right now. Uh, let's see what would be another one. Would fast food industry be on there? Uh, fast food, believe it or not, was not on there for in that group of 15 for some of the worst. And, and you know what? I actually, as I, even as I said it, I actually thought maybe that's actually probably been one that I've seen a lot of efforts from companies to try to improve that service over the last several years. So maybe right. they, that's made some good strides there. Gosh, beyond that, I don't know. Everything just can keeps coming back to those communication yeah. services, cell phone, telephone, cable, internet, all those yeah. things. And think about travel too. What would pop into your mind when you think about oh, travel? Oh, airlines. Absolutely. Is airlines. Airlines has got to be on there, right? Right. Several different airlines are on there. Utilities are on there. And one group that is the fourth group that actually has three of the uh, 14 worst out of those 15, three of the worst companies in customer service were in social media. So LinkedIn, oh, wow. Twitter, Facebook, I mean, they were three of the worst companies uh, for customer service. And, and think about it, if you had to get customer service from LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, how, how would you do that, Alan? Well, I guess I'm kind of stumped and that maybe that's part of the problem is that I wouldn't even know where to go to get customer service for those guys. I mean, the fact that they're even an element of customer service in those companies is shocking to me because I've never <laughs> seen it or experienced it. So I guess that's the big problem is nobody knows where to go to get help with social media platforms. Sure. Yeah. And I had actually tried to get help uh, from LinkedIn a while back. I'd signed up for one of these uh, temporary um, premium services that you pay for a certain period of time. And after that, 30-day window or whatever it was. This was a couple of years back. Um, I, I kept getting charged. And I okay. was thinking, why, why am I continuing to get charged? I thought it automatically expired after 30 days, but it didn't. And I had to go through the machinations to try to get in touch with somebody. And, and typically with the social media folks, you try to get in touch with them initially via the web. And if you can't, if you don't get a very quick responsiveness, then you're turning to phone or face-to-face. And they virtually have no easy way to get to them via the phone, via the face-to-face. -face. Wow. And when we think about customer service, um, you know, customer service to a large extent is about responsiveness and attitude and process effectiveness and getting that need met. And, and when the customers don't get their answer via the web, like I did not get my answer via the web, for example, companies need to effectively deliver those aspects of customer service, like I said, responsiveness and attitude and process effectiveness personally. Yeah. Well, so, you know, I, I was going to say, I just think it's an interesting thing to think about because so many times people think about Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and all these services. And there's one frame of mind that says, okay, well, these are free services. They're free. They're up there. They're available for the general public to use. They're free to set up. They're free to use. So I think there's a little bit of a mentality that, okay, well, if I'm not having to pay a dime to use this service, I'm technically not really entitled to any 
customer service. It basically, right. it is what it is on the surface. But you tapped into something interesting that I think we're, we're all needing to realize. I'm glad you have it as a trend for this year. All of these social media platforms are trying to figure out ways to monetize right now. In LinkedIn, you mentioned about the whole paid premium account for a while. That's where their revenue model is. So mm-hmm. if they've built this they've built this system of not having to cater to customer service needs because they're a free service and you kind of get what you, what you get. And now they're trying to shift into people paying for their service. The minute somebody starts exchanging money, there is an implied you know, responsibility to have a good service component to your company. So that's, um, that's going to be an interesting challenge. I agree for a lot of these companies to figure out how to go from what may have been perceived as free to where people are actually exchanging money here in the future. And now you've got to actually really back all that up with a true service component. Right, because when people are giving their money, they're also giving a, a higher expectation of what they're going to yeah. get for that money. Right. And when we look at trend number one, it's that these web-oriented companies are beginning to learn the pitfalls of no personal touch, <laughs> of no customer service. So they're going to start seeing a bottom-line impact. They're going to start seeing customer churn. You know, we all know that there are, Uh, to a large extent, low barriers to entry in a lot of these web-based firms. So if there's going to be a competitor out there, customer churn could go up. There's obviously high costs of bad PR. You think of all the bad PR that they're getting right now with all the articles and blogs being written about their horrible customer service. Uh, And so since there are low barriers to entry that are pulling market share from them, low barriers to exit for customers Mm -hmm. that could be uh, sending customers on their way, uh, the first trend, like I said, is those web-oriented companies are going to start learning that there are issues with not delivering any kind of personalized customer service. Yeah, I I could see that completely. You know, it actually, every time I sit back and think about it, our entire company here, we've got across our total company here at the Jackson Group, between part-time call center agents and all that, we've got 40, 40 some people in this office. And we all rely on Google for our mail. Google hosts our company uh, uh, corporate mail, our calendar system, some of our contacts and everything. But yet we've never spoken face-to-face or over the telephone with anybody from Google. Everything's through email. And even then the email service is very temperamental. So it is a real that's going to be a real challenge. I'm, I completely agree. That's going to be an interesting thing to watch this year. Yeah. And for a lot of these companies, the answer starts with they've got to put a dollar figure on customer service. I mean, it's easy for these companies to put a dollar figure on the cost of delivering service, and that's why they shy away from it. But, but they need to put a dollar figure on the value of retaining the Jackson Group, retaining their other clients, the dollar value of additional sales, the upsells, the cross-sells. And then the, the dollar value of poor customer service. I mean, what is the, that financial impact of delivering poor service, of losing customers, of having to spend more time dealing with complaints because the customer didn't get the right experience the first time? So th- yeah. that's what companies need to do as a starting point. Before they really start valuing customer service, a lot of these types of businesses in particular need to put a dollar figure on customer service. Okay. All right. Good deal. So number one, the high tech, high touch, seeing where these uh, online services start to go with social media or with the customer service here in the coming year. Very interesting. What's a, what's a second trend you've got coming up? Yeah. Trend number two talks about data mining, how it's going mainstream. And, and uh, what I want you to think about here is think about companies uh, that are sending you customized mailers or emails with information or offers that were clearly tailored to you as an individual. Can you think of any businesses right now, Alan, that very consistently and effectively send you information other than just a generic e-newsletter or generic 
flyers. They're sending you customized, personalized uh, marketing messages, communications, that sort of thing. I do. Actually, the uh, company we use for our our own email marketing, where we send out our email newsletters and all that, actually, the dialogue I get from them is a very customized marketing message back to me, which I guess would make sense. They're an email marketing firm. They've got that down pat. But I do like the fact that when I get a message from them, it actually says, you know, hi, Alan, Uh, we see that you've done this type of work with us, and we see that you've uh, sent out this many pieces of information. We'd like to talk to you about this type of service that may enhance what you're doing. So I know that the stuff is a little more catered to me. It's a little more worth my time as opposed to something more generic that within the first few sentences, I can already tell it's definitely not a fit for me and I trash it pretty quick. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great example. And the interesting thing is the one example that you came up with is an example of a company that does that as the, the service that they offer. True, yeah. So, yep. so the, the idea of trend number two is you're going to see more situations where this data mining and the issue of this data goes mainstream. I guess one obvious uh, way to, to look at it, one obvious example is with the grocery store that we shop at most frequently is Harris Teeter. Right. And they have an eVic program. And, and what eVic does is if you end up having their VIC card and every time you go through the checkout line, they scan it, they see what you order, you'll get an email once a week that has their weekly specials that relate to the kind of products you typically buy. Hmm. So they're truly customizing their their sales messages or marketing messages based on your buying habits. And you're going to see more and more and more of that because you're going to see companies looking at sales growth with existing uh, clients as more of a priority and therefore mining that data is critical for them to be able to uh, provide that kind of customized messaging, those customized offers, those customized communication. I do have to warn you, though, uh, because my, my wife is an ad- adamant user of those uh, the frequent cards at the grocery store. Sure. And I technically have one, but I've never been able to find it before. Every time I'm in line, <laughs> I never have it handy. So here's what happens. The person ahead of me or behind me will offer to let me use their card. Because wow. the grocer will ask me, hey, do you have your card? And I'm like, oh, no, I, I don't. my wife has one, but I don't have it. And the person in front of me or behind me always says, oh, here, just use mine. So what's happening is all of my purchasing history is now transferred among all these other people. And my history is actually not really going anywhere. So I may be wow. screwing up that data mining module a little bit. But I see where you're going with it. Obviously, if, 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 if unless it's people like me messing it up, it should work pretty well for customizing those messages back to those customers. Right. That's really interesting because the way it should work, and the way it works in the grocery store that I mentioned is that if you don't have your card, they just ask you the, for the phone number on the account. So I just give them the phone number, and that way they'll log it in and they'll associate it with my account. So that's an internal process at, at the supermarket you're referring to that sounds like it doesn't support their data strategy. No, and I think it's just uh, – I think it's more the southern culture of people wanting to be nice, and they say, oh, yeah. that poor man, you know, he's not going to save 30 cents on that bag of chips because he doesn't have his uh, his whatever card. So I'm going to help him out and let him scan it. But, you know, it is one of those things I'm sure yeah. – I'm sure the companies are having to struggle to work with. I think that's actually why they started saying that we'll just let them give us our their phone number and try to look it up quickly because we want to make sure that data goes to the right place. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, so the, so the lesson here for businesses since data – data mining is going more straight, uh, mainstream is uh, for organizations to start identifying what is that key intelligence you need to have in your customers in order to serve them better, mm-hmm. provide those customized, personalized offers as well. 
uh, and then try to create some client-specific checklist of data. What do I need to have? Uh, and then try to implement research to fill in the gaps. What do I need to have versus what I really have? And wherever you have that gap, that's when you start targeting patients to try to gather information. Uh, something we've said before, viewing your customers as a supplier, try to gather the information you need to help you with relationship building efforts or to help you with personalizing, customizing your communications back. So that, that's where businesses need to start if they're at the starting point here is what intel do you need? What do you have? Where's the gap? And then put in that communication strategy to start gathering and utilizing uh, that that kind of data so that you can mine it uh, for relationship development and sales. And Ed, there, I think there, there's challenges with that step in every step of it you just mentioned. I think people think it may be easy enough to figure out what information we need, but that's a challenge in itself too, is even just trying to make sure you're gathering every piece of data that you could need from that customer experience or encounter. But then there's a lot of companies, I'm sure they're going to have some real challenges with even trying to figure out, okay, maybe we're asking these questions and we're getting this information, but where do we put it? How do we organize it? So many companies I know firsthand are just, they're getting all this data, but they have no way of putting it together to make it tell a story. And that's always a challenge, I think, especially for some smaller companies. I think as kind of a sub note to your your trend of what you're seeing happen this year, I think more and more businesses that sell very easy services to organize that customer data and help you utilize it more are probably going to be much more on the upswing this year too. They've already been growing in previous years, but I think this could be a big year where even a small firm says, you know what, we've got a very simple, affordable way that we can pipe all of our customer data in and it gives us the kind of information back that we're needing to use. So. Right. And just as an aside, we actually do that for different companies. We started in the, with some of the NBA teams that I've mentioned in the past. That yeah. That's how we ended up helping them out. But you're right. The, uh, organizations that really care about relationship development and they care about gathering the data, they oftentimes don't have the time uh, to do a great job themselves. So they need to find that kind of support yeah. that can do it for them efficiently. Uh, believe me, I'm sure there's plenty of companies out there that have started compiling all this stuff into an Excel worksheet or spreadsheet somewhere. And that's great to compile it, but if you if it just sits there in a spreadsheet, that's not doing anything for you. It's right. compiling it, organizing it, and then figuring out what it tells you, and then putting it into action. So it's a whole right. spectrum there. Uh, it's going to be very interesting, and I, I do agree. I think more and more people are going to be looking at ways with that data mining to try to figure out how to use this data more important, more effectively. So, Ed, we're going to take a really quick break here. Uh, when we come back, we'll we'll tackle our other two. Uh, the other two topics or other two trends we're seeing happen for this year. So hang tight just for a minute while we break for a couple quick announcements. We'll be right back with Stepping Up Service here on The Mesh in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by The Jackson Group, a consulting and survey services firm working with organizations for over 35 years. The Jackson Group helps clients gauge, understand, and help improve employee and customer satisfaction as well as market perception and community awareness using a wide variety of survey methodologies. For more information about the Jackson Group, please visit their website at www.thejacksongroup.com. Hello and welcome back to Stepping Up Service here on The Mesh. Uh, Before we get back to our topic, which has been talking about the customer service trends for 2013, uh, I'm here with Ed Gagnon, Customer Service Solutions. But before we get back to that, uh, let me tell you a little bit about The Mesh and what we've got going on these days, especially kicking off the brand new year. The Mesh is our podcast network or, or internet, I guess you could say internet radio, TV's network, however you want to phrase it. But it's an initiative we started a couple of years ago. We're putting together a lot of custom and original podcast programs 
programs available for free on the internet, either through iTunes, through our website, or any other sources. Stitcher Radio is another partner. Uh, a lot of great places there. Uh, we've got some great shows that we're putting out right now. We've actually got a brand new show that's going to be starting up in the next uh, couple weeks here. Ed, are you a country music fan at all? I'm getting there because uh, my wife and daughter love it so much that I'm, I'm starting to acquire the taste. Okay. So. All right. Well, good. Well, we have an actual country music news show that's going to be starting up. Very cool. Yeah, it's actually called uh, Hashtag Nashville. And uh, it's it's going to be uh, coming up pretty soon here. We're doing that in partnership with Smithfield Barbecue. Uh, and we're just uh, looking forward to seeing how that goes. So uh, if you're a country music fan at all or like to stay up on the trends there, uh, this will be your way of following it with a little bit more of a social media vibe to it. So kind of seeing cool. what the celebrities in the, the country music industry are doing. And then we've also got another show that I'm not even going to tell you about yet other than just a tease that it's going to be really, really cool whenever it does come about later in the month. So I'm just going to tease it and say, keep an eye on the mesh in the coming weeks. We're going to have a fun little show to be playing around with. And we're looking forward to bringing that to you as well. There's also obviously some other business podcasts. We've got Leadership GPS talking about leadership development. We've got CapsCast, which is talking about the world of patient satisfaction surveying in the healthcare arena. Um, and then we've got plenty of entertainment, some sports shows, other uh, other shows as well. So go to themesh.tv. That's T-H-E-M-E-S-H.tv. And check out all the shows there. You can also do a search for us on iTunes. That's Apple iTunes Store. Uh, search for The Mesh. You'll see all of our shows. You can subscribe to the shows there. I do recommend, if you like a show, subscribe to it. Because what that does is it actually means that every time we put out a new episode, you get it downloaded to your computer or your iPad or any other device automatically. You don't have to go search for the new episode. You don't have to wait for us to tell you it's there. It's just going to come down automatically if you're subscribed to the show. So I do recommend if you're an iTunes user, go on iTunes, hit the subscribe button for any show you see, and uh, we'll make sure those episodes get to you the minute we put them out for the public. All right, so uh, Ed, let's get back to our trends for 2013 in the customer service world. We'd already covered the first two, which was the high tech equals high touch uh, and then the second one having to do with data mining. So uh, both of those things that we've already seen some some trends to in the re- last couple of years, but it sounds like those are going to be very, very big years for those two topics in 2013. What's the third one you want to tell us about? Yeah, the third one deals with the high information customer. That's what we're calling it. But I, I'm going to describe what that is by starting uh, with a question for you, Alan. What, what is an example of a hobby that you have? A hobby that I have? I love going to movies. That's actually what I consider to be a very uh, important hobby of mine. It's a good relaxation time. It gives my mind a chance to think about something else for a couple of hours. And, of course, I love film reviews and film criticism anyway. So I guess going to see the movies is probably a hobby of mine. Okay, that's great. Now, now let's say you just had a basic uh, question uh, about, uh, let's say, a local movie theater that was moving into town or something like that. It was kind of a, a different type of movie theater, and it was thinking of opening up uh, uh, a theater in Hickory. And you just had a basic question about it. Um, you, let's say you went to the web. You know, what, what would that question be, and where would you start looking on the web for the answer to that question? Well, the number of question you always have going to see movies is what movies are playing in my area and what times they're playing. Unfortunately, I know whenever I go or try to find the website for the theater, it's almost always a chore. So I have to use one of these other services that kind of pulls that information for me automatically. Uh, I know if I call the movie theater, I've got to listen to a really long recording before I can get to the actual one piece of information I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. The websites are typically for a lot of movie theaters are very archaic and hard to hard to find and navigate. So. Uh, uh, you know, luckily the internet's 
given us some better options to organize this information and get it. But, you know, trying to go directly to the source has always been very problematic. Okay. So, so it's one of those things where you might go to the web initially, uh, you might uh, try to find that kind of information. And well, let's say you want to have a Jackson group, uh, film festival where it was kind of a company outing or something like that. So you've done some investigation via the web and you've kind of identified each you need to know about when the theater's open. Um, but you really didn't find anything about how do you actually reserve uh, a theater for a corporate event middle of the day or something like that. So you, sure. you find that you end up having to pick up the phone and, and call this theater that was moving into town and prior to getting ready to open, or you have to go meet face to face with some of the, the managers that are going to be there. And at that point, you're probably pretty armed with a lot of the basic information. So you're not just going to ask about basic information about the theater. You're, you're going to become armed with some real specific types of questions that you have uh, about the theater and the setup and how it would work for this kind of a corporate event. And yeah. what we're talking about here in trend number three is that businesses are going to struggle to keep up with the high information customer. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes when we think about customer service, we're thinking, well, somebody's going to call into uh, an IT help desk and ask to reset their password, or they're going to call into a theater or go to the website and say, when is this particular film playing? Or they're going to call a brokerage firm and they're going to ask, you know, what what do I need to do to end up selling this stock or, or something along those lines? But the way things are changing with the role of social media, with the role of the web, what we're seeing is that when, when the customer is actually going to see somebody face-to-face -face or they're on the phone, oftentimes they've gone through all the social media information True. investigation processes. They've gone through the web. So by the front of that employee, they are armed with a lot of basic knowledge. So they're not asking the basic questions. They're asking the more complex, more detailed, more involved questions of that employee. Hmm. So I guess that would translate to making sure that employees are prepared and trained to talk at that higher level of information. Uh, because I can just imagine there again, thinking back to my movie theater, uh, you're right. I would know the, the show times. I would know the location of the theater. I would know all the shows it was playing. All that I would already be armed with. If I'm calling the theater, like you said, it's typically a much more specific, higher involvement level question. I've got to imagine, at least based on the kids I know I see working at the movie theater whenever I'm there, may not have all the right answers for me. So that may be actually a very frustrating experience for me, try to get those answers, because they're pretty much trained on uh, what flavor of popcorn you want to order, what soft drinks we carry, and how to tear the tickets and point you in the right direction. So, um, right. So, you, so you've kind of segued into the first of two key points for business. If customers are coming to you with a question, with a need, they're, they're usually much more knowledgeable than they were 10, 15 years ago, much more educated. So the first one you tapped into already, which is we got to make sure we're training staff on those more in-depth, those more complex, those more out-of-the-ordinary kind of topics so that they're better able to handle it themselves without having to escalate it up to a manager, to a supervisor, to some kind of a director to deal with those sorts of things. So training on content and knowledge to be able to be responsive without the handoff is vitally important. The sure. other thing companies really need to do is to make sure that they're interjecting themselves into those social media discussions about their services, uh, into those uh, email uh, communications or, or web searches where you oftentimes will go to a website and see the live chat pop up. Because the last thing you want to happen since so much of those initial, those basic customer questions are being answered by the customers themselves based on what they see on the web through social media or otherwise, all of a sudden you start to realize that uh, companies, if they don't have the right answer out on, their, on the web, then the customer could go to a competitor. Yeah. The customer could go elsewhere. And you don't want to risk... Uh, 
uh, an inappropriate or, or ineffective web presence or social media presence to start directing your customers to your competitors. Right. So basically what it is, is it sounds like going back to my movie theater experience again, you know, knowing that, okay, most of our customers are coming in with already this information. So even though, yeah, our staff need to know the basics, we need to be preparing them on what to do or how to answer those high level questions. Now I could see it if you've got, you know, staff that are maybe younger hourly employees and, uh, you know, maybe they're not going to be so trained to know every intricate detail of every possible request. I would say just right away, they need to know exactly how to respond and point people in the right place for that answer. You know, it's always more impressive to me to come across a young, unexperienced uh, employee and ask them a very high level question. They say, you know what? I don't know that offhand, but I'm going to go right now and I can help you get this answer for you or I'm going to point you exactly where to go. I'm okay with that. I don't need that person I talk to to be the one to give me the immediate answer all the time. But the problem I think a lot of these companies run into is the the, the person that you ask either has to sit there kind of dumbfounded or tries to stumble around with an answer or maybe make up something just to get something out of their mouth. That's when the problems really happen. So it's, I guess, to kind of refine what you're saying there, I guess it's not really saying that everybody in your workforce needs to be trained for every possible dialogue scenario that you could ever possibly encounter. But there's got to be a great flow chart plan of how you direct things to the right place quickly to get them the best answer, right? Right. The, yeah, those FAQs from 15 years ago might not apply to today. You might have to ramp that up. And then when those FAQs don't work, then there needs to be a very simply understood process, like you're saying, to direct them appropriate and do that effective handoff to the coworker. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening because there again, it's uh, – yeah, we just we already have all this information at our fingertips. We're not going to go and ask those basic questions anymore. And uh, I even see it with our own firm, which is a, a more of a, a, a boutique uh, customer service uh, relation firm that we have as far as working with customers and high-level projects. You know, we very rarely get the kind of questions through our email requests or phone calls to tell us more about your business and where it's located and what type of work we do. We're getting inquiries to say, how do you exactly do this aspect of your project? And then I want to talk about pricing because that's the stuff that's not on our website. It's not available in our marketing material. People have already digested all that. They're ready to get down to the nitty gritty when they call. And we need to be prepared to answer that. You're right. Yeah, it's very different to to get a call in an organization like yours that says, do you do employee climate surveys versus somebody who calls up and they say, you know, we have this particular issue with employee morale and turnover and uh, we know we need to do some climate surveys. We've talked to three different firms. We've seen your information on your website. You know, what is your approach to working with companies? What's in general pricing? What are some of the things we can do to customize? That's a totally different conversation right off the bat. Absolutely. And we have definitely seen our business shift in that direction. So I'm sure many, many others have as well. So great. Yeah. Well, what about the last uh, trend you want to talk about with us today? Yeah, the last thought speed. So l- let me ask you this question, Alan. What yeah is an example type of business that you patronize where you want the service to be really, really slow. A service where I want it to be really, really slow. Oh boy. You know what? Billing me after a medical procedure, I'm perfectly fine (laughs) if they want that process to be extremely slow. I have no problem with that. Uh, I think anything on the billing cycle side of things, I'm fine with slow. I can't think of anything else outside of that that I want to have happen really slow. (laughs) Yeah, I'm impressed you came up with that. That's really good. Yeah, sure. Uh, And that was a little bit of a trick question. But the trend number four is that customers desire for speed Mm -hmm. becomes huge, a huge priority for customer service organizations. And 
And too much energy when, when people are talking about customer service, they're discussing uh, how to delight customers. Too much of the conversations are about employee smiles, employee tone of voice, which is important, but, but without really addressing process. Mm-hmm. And process, and we talk about this all the time, has a huge impact on whether your customers are satisfied or, or they're dissatisfied. So the business answer here is you're going to see a trend in 2013 and beyond where more and more organizations are going to invest more and more in process experts, you know, those industrial engineers, those quality management folks, even some of those uh, Six Sigma folks to come in when they have a customer service issue. It's not all going to be about, let's bring in a motivational speaker. Let's bring in a trainer who can tell people how to talk or use good body language. I mean, that's part of it. But they're also going to need to have folks who can come in and talk process. How do we make it simple for the employee to quickly deliver great, consistent, high-quality customer service? How do we make it simple for for the customer to get their need met, for it to be intuitive and self-evident about how to get that need met? And so much of those kind of answers to those kind of questions come back to process. Well, and Ed, it's a sobering thing for me. It's something that I'm real conflicted on with regards to the customer service environment. When we talk about local companies, smaller local businesses that sell products and services, and then you've got the big guys like the Amazon and all these other people that sell the exact same products and services. And even though you may think, well, because Amazon's a big international company, you're not going to get your stuff as quickly. But what we're all seeing, and I think for better or for worse, is that companies like Amazon and other places have maximized their efficiency to the point where there are honestly days where you order something and it is at your doorstep the very next day and it's done for cheaper. So as much as it pains me, because I'm a big believer in supporting local small businesses and trying to keep them going, they're going to all have to say, just like you said, work on their speed, because if they cannot deliver a product in the same amount of time that this big, you know, web-based international company can, it's going to be a tough sell for a lot of, a lot of, a lot of consumers. I really hate that because they're going to, I'd rather have the, the direct human contact with a local vendor, but at the same time, people, you're right. People are looking for speed. They want things done quickly. And companies like Amazon have figured out how to make that process be as as completely efficient as possible so uh, it's going to be a real challenge it'll be an interesting challenge for a lot of companies yeah it'll be it'll be a challenge for the smaller companies and that's why they not only have to work on their processes and work on making it easy on the the customer but they have to look at those factors that do differentiate a small business from these these larger businesses that have their service delivery systems and supply chains down And, and i don't want to get off on a totally different topic but it's just the idea that if you're a small business uh, maybe you can't get that exact product to the customer the next day, but you don't want it to be a week. Because mm-hmm. uh, if, if a customer looks at it a week from you versus a day from Amazon, anybody's going to take Amazon. But yeah. you know, if it's a day from Amazon, two days from you, but beyond that, that additional day, then maybe there's certain things that you can provide to them in terms of those relationship development communications, in terms of making the billing process very, very simple, in terms of you being proactive with offers, in terms of you having that one phone number you can call and you can get uh, the customer can get anybody on the line that, that knows them personally, knows their situation, and knows what their core needs are. That can offer that kind of consultative support uh, beyond the, the product itself. Because once small businesses try to compete with the Amazons in the world on speed, 
or just on the commodity. Once it's reduced to the commodity, the small businesses are typically going to lose. But yeah. that's why they have to look at all those other value building opportunities to keep their customers. Well, and I'm so glad you said that because that actually makes me feel a little bit better about what I was saying. Uh, yes, I would much rather frequent local, small customer service-based firms. And uh, you're exactly right. If I, I would gladly give that local firm another few days, couple of days on a product or service if I knew I was getting that higher level of service and touch than I was with an Amazon, it's just, you know, for some companies, we're seeing that the gap between the Amazons and the local guys is actually widening. And that's where the challenge is. But you're exactly right. I don't think it's a matter of a mom and pop shop needs to go out there and be as automated as Amazon is. I don't think that's possible to do at that sure. scale. But if they've got the service element in there, I think consumers are willing to give them those extra couple of days or so, knowing what else they're getting in return. Uh, people still ultimately want that service. It's just the speed is now a factor that we've got to also weigh in our, our decision-making process. Yeah, it used to be that speed was the advantage of the local business. And now with some of these organizations you're talking about, it's reversed itself. Oh my gosh, I actually saw where you know some friends of mine have ordered stuff on Amazon and used the same day service. So basically you're getting something you ordered the same exact day you order it. And I just can't even imagine that, but it's out there. So uh, if, if I guess the, the rule of thumb is, is if you're a smaller business or one that is not automated anywhere near the extent that these big guys are, you still need to work on your speed, but you try to offset that as much as possible by every other level of service you can add to the experience, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What, what you want to do is to really look at this strategically and say competition sometimes can be good. And from a strategic standpoint, you know, what are our strengths versus the Amazons of the world? What are our weaknesses? And a lot of those weaknesses and shortcomings might be price and process related. But you have so many strengths that the organization has to figure out how do I improve on those process efficiencies and, and our costs while at the same time figuring out how to communicate and leverage and sell uh, the, the strengths that we have and those advantages over those larger organizations. So, Ed, we've talked about, you mentioned the four trends for 2013, the high-tech, high high-touch, high high-touch, which is more of that how do high-technology firms get involved with customer service. We talked about data mining and being able to gather more information from your customers and use it to customize your relationship with them. The high-information customer dealing with customers that are already informed with a lot more base information than, than maybe they have been in the past. How do we deal with that higher level of questions and inquiries and needs? And then the whole concept of speed, getting things to people quicker. Ed, just put you on the spot. If you had to say which of those four do you think is probably going to be probably the most critical one for companies to be evaluating this coming year, what, which one would you put your money on? Well, uh, that, that's a good question. Um, you know, base the, some of these target different types of businesses. The first targets web-oriented businesses that don't seem to care sure. that much about customer service. The second targets those more mainstream businesses that aren't into data mining. And then the third and fourth pretty much apply to everybody. You know, okay. it is having those staff who are knowledgeable uh, and have a deeper level of knowledge than was required 15, 20 years ago. The fourth deals with speed and process and, and those sorts of things. So uh, if I had to say any of these that apply to, to everybody and are going to continue to become more and more important, I'd say uh, th those last two there. It's trend number three, the businesses struggle to keep up with the high information customer. That's something every business of every size can address. How do we make our staff more and more and more knowledgeable 
to deal with all these changes and, and the knowledge level of our customers. And then the fourth, from a process standpoint, uh, that, that's something that needs to happen on an ongoing basis, especially those that don't have those built-in advantages of the huge economies of scale, the huge organizations, uh, and the huge dollars to, to make sure that they have the most efficient service delivery processes around. So the, the third and fourth apply to many more companies but the third, businesses struggling to keep up with the high information customer, that one uh, applies to everybody. Well, and I, I agree with you. I think that number three, to me, is the one that probably, even as I look at my own business and my own work, that's the one that I could see. That's the one that I could think can actually help people overcome any disadvantage they have on speed. If you've got a very educated workforce that can answer questions quickly and get the customers the kind of resolutions they need and help them satisfy their needs over with dialogue and answers and information, that can outweigh a little bit of what you're able to deliver on speed in case you have some inefficiencies. Sure there. You know, so I think I agree. Those last two are the most critical, I think, universally. But I think that third one, if I had to put my money on something that to try to really improve on for, for like my own business, that would be the number one thing. So anyway, yeah. great. I think that's yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say, I think it was a good summary of trends there. I think uh, some interesting things and things I, I guarantee you right now, if you open up any business publication, looking at where companies are trying to go, one of these four things is constantly being talked about in the uh, in the world of, of business these days. So that's very, very interesting stuff. Yeah, well, what, what we're trying to do here is just guide people. If you're looking down uh, the road over the next 12 months, make sure if you're in that web business, you put a dollar figure on the importance of customer service. If you want to really develop personalized relationships and and do a better job selling to existing clients, focus on data mining. If you want to be great at customer service, make sure your staff are getting continuously trained and, and more getting more deep training uh, so that they can meet those high information customer needs and then constantly look at process, bring in experts to help you make sure, even if you are a small to mid-sized business, you're being as efficient as you can possibly be. Wonderful. This is Ed Gagnon that you just heard from with Customer Service Solutions. Uh, so, Ed, people can find you on the web at cssamerica.com, correct? That's right. Okay, great. And uh, I know you do the LinkedIn and Twitter and all that, too. So I encourage people to seek you out there and get connected with you through those social media channels as well. I guarantee you Ed's customer service responses on the social media platforms will probably be much higher than what you may see from some of your uh, bigger <laughs> traditional social media platforms. So uh, definitely check them out on Twitter, Facebook, uh, wherever else it may be that his company is. I'm sure he'd love to have you connected there. And then I'm Alan Jackson with The Jackson Group, and that's uh, you can find us at thejacksongroup.com. We're a survey and consulting firm focused uh, primarily on employee satisfaction, customer satisfaction, and engagement, and looking at ways to measure those through surveys and work with you on consulting to help you improve those scores. Uh, you can learn more about us at thejacksongroup.com. That's T-H-E, Jackson Group, all one word, dot com. Uh, and again, we're a part of The Mesh. So uh, you've been listening to The Mesh for the last little bit here. Uh, learn more about the network and see all the other shows that are available at themesh.tv, T-H-E-M-E-S-H.tv, or search for us on iTunes. Subscribe, give us some star ratings, let us know what you think about the show. If you've got any feedback for us or ideas for future topics, please let us know by reaching out to us. You can reach us by email at info at themesh.tv. Uh, there's a contact us form on our website. So if you go to the mesh.tv, you actually see the contact us form. You can fill out and get a hold of us that way as well. Either way, we'd love to hear from you. We'd like to find out what you're, what you're interested in learning about in 2013, where you see some things happening in the customer service world. We'd love to get some of that feedback from you. 
Ed, happy January 2013. Happy New Year. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next month. All right. Sounds great, Alan. Thanks much. All right. Thanks, and Ed. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time on Stepping Up Service. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.